everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk, brought to you by co-lead pastor, Amos Grunendijk. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for coming. Glad you came. My name is Amos. I'm one of the lead pastors here. And last week was a special Sunday for many of you. For me in particular, especially because of the teams playing, it was my opportunity to eat queso. I eat queso once a year, and queso and I have a love-hate relationship. Uh, I'm sure that some of you have the same struggle as I do, because I'll have some chips and I'll have some queso. And I'll run out of chips, but they'll still be queso. So I go and get more chips. And then I run out of queso, but I have more chips. So then I go and get more queso, and I will do this until one of two things happen. We run out of chips, or we run out of queso <laughs> at, the, at, the, like, at the source, or, or I get like sick. I ate so much chips and queso last Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, that I got sick. And I think there's a spiritual truth under that, isn't there? And it's the reason that so, mo- so many of us feel exhausted and burnt out and stressed out and overwhelmed. Because it seems like if we have enough in one area of our life, say I'm happy with how work is going, I'm unhappy with how my family life is going. So I give attention to my family and then my work life starts to struggle and things kind of go from one thing to another. Or maybe, you know, I, I have my first apartment and I have a bedroom and a kitchen. And so I have to buy a bed and a couch and then I, I fill it up. So then I have too much stuff for my little apartment. So I buy a bigger house. But now I have this empty house with no stuff. So then you have to buy more stuff for that empty house. And before you know it, you have to buy a storage unit. I, I read uh, earlier this week that the amount of storage unit space we have in this country would fit every single citizen with seven feet of arm room. You, we could all fit in the storage space of, of American-like storage units and, and go like this. We want more and more stuff things, experiences to fill the emptiness. There's a story uh, about the guy who wrote Catch-22. Joseph Heller? Who knew that? Wow, you're... I've looked at the name a hundred times and I still can't remember the guy. So I'm not as smart as I sound. Joseph Heller wrote Catch-22. And he gets invited to this party of a billionaire. This is a while ago, so a billion dollars was even more money back then. And one of his friends comes up and says, what is it like to get invited to all these parties? Like, this billionaire probably made more yesterday than you will make in your entire life, even with your book. And Heller says, it's fine with me. I have something that he will never have. I have enough. 
It's not unlike what the Apostle Paul says when he says, I have learned to be content in all circumstances. And the Bible actually speaks to this toil and struggle and constant need for more, and it offers uh, a solution. The solution is Sabbath. You guys know what Sabbath is? Sabbath actually has two unique but related meanings in the original Hebrew, which would be pronounced Shabbat. It means simply to stop. It also means to delight. And so on a Sabbath day, the idea is that you would stop from your work and take delight in life, in God. Do only the things that go uh, to fill your soul and your spirit and your heart. To do that, there's actually a whole lot that has to happen underneath the service because taking a real day of Sabbath is a lot harder than it sounds, especially for those of us who run at 100 miles an hour six days a week, seven days a week. And I want you to hear this. Sabbath is not simply a day off. Sabbath is more than a day off. Because a day off is the day we do what? We grocery shop and we get things done around the house and maybe we make sure the kids' laundry are done. And, And so like the day off actually gets filled up with more work. And I've got a bad news, good news statement here for you. You will never get it all done. I am serious. You will never get it all done. Let's say that you had magical powers and you could add 10 hours to your week. Do you think that would solve the problem? You still could not get it all done because you are not God. And the universe does not continue in its movement because of you. It will go on After you die, much like it went on before you were born, the universe does not depend on you, and you are not God. And so you will not get it all done. If this is really hard for you to accept, I want to recommend a book to you by John Mark Comer. It's called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, and it's not even that long of a book, so you've got time to read it. Uh, The audio book is only like five hours long, so that's like a week worth of commutes or maybe two weeks worth of commutes. Or if you listen to it on the way to and from church again, you'll be done in like a month. So highly recommend this book. And next want to jump into a Bible project video because we've been doing a series here called Project Bible due to copyright, <laughs> but they're okay with us showing their videos. And what we're, what we're doing is we're looking at themes that stretch throughout the Bible And Sabbath is one of those themes. And so let's take a listen to this Bible Project video. So you guys can grab your Bibles. If you didn't bring one, there are several in the back uh, on those tables by the doors. And those Bibles will match the uh, page numbers that we put up on the screen. If you grab them, open up to Exodus chapter 20. I have a bookmark. I just put it in the wrong place. So as you saw in the video, Sabbath, the idea of Sabbath actually starts at the very beginning of the Bible. 
Exodus, in uh, Genesis chapter 1 and 2, where God takes a rest on the seventh day after creating the world. And in the wilderness, after the people of Israel are led out of the slavery in Egypt and into the promised land, they come to Mount Sinai, and God gives them how many commandments? Ten commandments. Each one of these commandments gets repeated, just so you know, in the New Testament by either Jesus or Paul. And so uh, for Christians, these are actually very significant commands from God. And again, not that these are a new kind of slavery. The people of Israel were just led out of slavery. This is actually a way for the people to embrace their freedom within the design that God made people to live in. So Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. And I want you to listen because I'm going to ask you, listen closely because I'm going to ask you some questions about this passage when we're done. There's a quiz. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested that is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So I want to read just a few other of the commandments, and I want you to notice what is different about this commandment to keep Sabbath and some of the other commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's house. What's different? Remember is the first thing. All the others begin with you must not or you must. Uh, in the case of you must honor your father and mother. But in this commandment, it says remember. Why do you think that is? because it's easy to forget. It's easy to get distracted. Maybe you at one time in your life were in a rhythm of taking a true day of rest, and then what happens? Well, you run out of chips, but not queso. <laughs> and so you start filling up your days to the point where it starts to bleed over onto your day of rest, and so now you're catching up on email, and now you're catching up on the grocery shopping. One of the interesting uh, ideas behind Sabbath, by the way, is that you actually have to prepare for your day of rest. If you want a Sabbath well, you've got to start preparing for the Sabbath the day before or the evening before. This is still true in the nation of Israel where on Friday, because their Sabbath is Friday night to Saturday night, Friday afternoon, everything shuts down so everybody can go home, get the meal prepared, get the house clean so that by sundown they can begin their Sabbath. So the first thing is remember because it is easy to forget. The second thing is, is you notice it's much longer. 
There seems to be a weightiness where none of the others get an explanation of why you should not murder, why you should not steal. This has a long exposition on why this command is so important. In fact, if you were to put this up on a tight pie chart, there's 10 commandments, right? This one commandment would take up about 30% of that pie chart. It's a big piece of the pie, and it carries some significant weight. The other thing to notice is that it roots this commandment in creation, in the creation story, in the creation order, in the way that God has designed the whole world. And it says he blesses it. So now, if you're thinking about creation, some of you know the story from Genesis 1 and 2. What else does God bless? There are two things. God blesses people. He blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. And he blesses the animals for the same reason, that they would produce life. And so why does God bless a day? Does it compute that God would bless animals and people that produce life, but then bless a day? It's because this day of rest actually is meant to give you life, to multiply the life that God made you for. Jesus says, in talking about the Sabbath, the Sabbath was made for you. So this is not simply a command that if I follow it, then a guy will have God's favor. If I listen and obey, then God will like me better. No, Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for you, to give you freedom, to get your place, to get to that place of, I have enough. I can never get it all done, but at some point every week, I have to say, stop. It's time to enjoy life and people and God. And so to quote from one of the church fathers, I'm, we're doing a class on Saturday morning, St. Irenaeus, who was the disciple of a man with a really weird name, Polycarp, someone from the class, maybe, no, <laughs> who was a disciple of someone we all know, John, the guy who wrote the gospel, who was a disciple of the most important human of all time, human God, Jesus. So this is like right down the line. Irenaeus says, the glory of God is the human fully alive. In other words, keeping Sabbath beyond simple obedience is a way that we step into life and God actually takes pleasure when we have a full life. The idea of Sabbath, as I've said, runs throughout the Bible uh, and even to the end. So let's turn to Hebrews 4, not because this is the end of the Bible, but because uh, it's talking about a future rest that is to come. We don't actually know who wrote the book of Hebrews. For a long time, people thought it was Paul, could have been another Bible character named Barnabas. But the point is, is that this book has authority for the early people of the church and for Christians today. 
We'll start in verse 1. And let me say one more thing about it to just kind of prep you. He's, the writer is referencing what happened in the wilderness, talking about what's happening in the future, thinking about rest in terms of Sabbath that we can keep now in the terms of a day, Sabbath we can experience inside of our hearts presently, Sabbath that will come when we enter the final rest after death in God's kingdom fully come. So there's a lot of layers to this, sort of like a Bob Dylan song, okay? There's a lot going on in every line, uh, but uh, just, just stick with it. Chapter 4, verse 1, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. That's good news. Here's some less good news. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. And that's just true. Because we easily forget and get caught up in the, I need more, I can't get it done. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them, the people in the wilderness, but it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. So what's the problem if you're not keeping Sabbath, if you're not finding true rest? It's a matter of faith. It's a matter of trust. I don't trust that God will take care of the universe and that God will take care of me if I take a day off. Because if I take a day off, all these things aren't going to get done. And I can't be the perfect parent. And I can't maintain the perfect social media presence. And I can't keep up with all my emails. It's easy to forget. It did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Now let's jump down to chapter 4, verse 9. So there is a special rest. You guys have NLTs out there? There's a little star. Look down at the bottom. 4, verse 9. What's the word? A Sabbath rest. The, the word here is Sabbatosomai. Or so it's the Greek version of Sabbath or Shabbat. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. I think he's probably talking about like final rest. Just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest right now. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. The idea here is of the already and not yet, the rest that God promises us at and after death when he returns is available to us. And it is designed to permeate our entire way of being, not just a day. True Sabbath rest isn't just taking a day off. It is taking a day. And it's not even just taking a day to rest and to delight. It's letting the rest or the peace of God come into our heart every single day and every single thing we do. I want to read here a poem from somebody you may have heard of. Uh, his name is Rob Bell, and it's a, it's a poem about Sabbath. He says, 
Sabbath is taking a day a week to remind myself that I did not make the world and that it will continue to exist without my efforts. Sabbath is a day when my work is done, even if it isn't. Sabbath is a day when my job is to enjoy, period. Sabbath is a day when I am fully available to myself and those I love most. Sabbath is a day when I remember that when God made the world, he saw that it was good. Sabbath is a day when I produce nothing. Sabbath is a day when I remind myself that I am not a machine. Sabbath is a day when at the end of it I say, I didn't do anything today, and I don't add, and I feel so guilty. Sabbath is a day when my phone is turned off, I don't check my email, and you can't get a hold of me. The end. (laughs) One of the things that I've learned about Sabbath from my own experience, but also the experiences of others, is if you find yourself in a job where you're thinking a lot, you can actually take a Sabbath and do some manual labor around the yard or around the house, and it's super life-giving. If you live or you work a job where you labor a lot, it might be a day where you do something with your mind on a day of Sabbath to rest, to fill up, to engage that part of yourself that you haven't been able to because maybe you've been too busy or too tired the rest of the week. If you're an introvert, Sabbath is a day where you need to find the time to spend it just by yourself, away from your children. And so today on uh, Sunday, which is maybe most of you are all best shot at a true Sabbath. I work on Sundays. I don't, I don't take Sabbath on Sunday. My Sabbath shifts from like Monday to Thursday. And if I haven't taken a Sabbath by Friday, that becomes my Sabbath. And I'm not a perfect Sabbath keeper. Trust me on that. Um, but if I don't take my Sabbath by Friday, I know that I'll start, I'll, I'll, preparation for Sunday will be slide into Saturday. And then Saturday, there's just no chance. Um, but on today, on this day, we're going to do together a few spiritual disciplines, a few things that you might do during your Sabbath or even during your quiet time. What do I mean by quiet time? A daily routine or rhythm where you spend some time in quiet, (laughs) reading the Bible and or praying. We're going to do two exercises. Uh, It's not unprecedented to do here at the Vineyard, but it's been a few years. We're going to do what is called a Lectio Divina, which is where we will read the same passage more than once, three times, actually. We'll read it slow. We'll read it first for understanding. But the idea is not to engage with this only intellectually. It's to let it become the living words of God to let it sink into our hearts, to let the truths get into our bones. And so this first time through, if you want to follow along in Matthew 11, you can turn there. But after the first read through, we will definitely close the book and you can just listen.
So these are the words of Jesus. And to give a little context to the metaphor of the yoke. Of course, literally a yoke is something you put on a pair of oxen that pull a plow or pull a wagon. But it was also used, especially in the time of Jesus, to describe the religious teaching of other Jewish rabbis. So if you were Rabbi Richard, uh, you would have a certain way of interpreting the scripture and living out the scripture, and they would call that the yoke of Richard. Uh, or if you, you know, if you were a follower of Justin or Joanna, they would say, well, this is the way Joanna reads the scriptures, take on the, the yoke of Joanna. And, and so that's part of it when Jesus talks about the yoke. But it's really about more than that, and it's broader, because for the Jewish person, the yoke was the way you lived your life. And so the way we live our life, the things we put on our shoulders, is so much more than an interpretation of Scripture. It's the weight of the responsibility that we carry or that we've put on ourselves, perhaps the weight of anxiety, the weight of pressure, the weight of parenting, the weight of work. Whatever it is that you find that you are carrying that is heavy, and burdensome. Jesus here offers an alternative way, a holistic, far-reaching way. And so Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Might have to turn the page. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. We're just going to enter into a moment of silence here, another practice you might do on a Sabbath, and consider what word or phrase or idea struck you during this. We'll just do 30 seconds. And if you hear coughing or kids rustling or whatever, it's an opportunity to return your attention to God and just accept that this is real life. And we're actually wanting Jesus to come into our real life. And so let's quiet our souls. During this next reading, I actually want you to think about something that has made you anxious this week or a person who has been particularly upsetting to you. Maybe you're married to this person. 
or maybe you work to this, for this person, or maybe this person is one of your children. But to take that thing or that person and just in your mind to hold it out in front of you as you hear Jesus' words. And if it's a person, maybe in particular, maybe to wish Jesus' words be true for them. It's a way of, as Jesus says, to bless those who curse you. And so if you have your Bibles open, just close them. Let the words wash over you. These words from Jesus. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. We'll take another moment of silence. final time. And this time I want you to imagine when I say the words, come Holy Spirit, that there's this cloud. Have you ever been in a cloud? Like a cloud that comes into the room. And the imagination is going to hopefully open up the reality that God is actually in the room. He is in the room. And we believe he can come in a special way which is why we pray, come Holy Spirit, a way that we can be more aware of or experience. And in this cloud, I want you to imagine that it is Jesus himself standing here, speaking the words, because these are his words. Come Holy Spirit. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Amen. How did that feel?
a contrast perhaps to your very noisy week. So I hope that you were able to experience God and his peace there. And I'm really impressed, like you guys were really good at that. Um, Maybe we should do it more often. I want to close with this. And it really, it gets into the heart condition, the Sabbath heart, if you will. As many of you know, uh, I officiated a funeral on Friday, a man by by the name of John Belbin. And I was able to enter into the the family space and hear about John and his story. Um, And his life was cut short but it was clear to me that he lived a full life. He was generous and he was a giver and he loved his family, but his family knew that it was not them that he loved most. He would tell them that he loved God most and first. And the thing about loving God first is that it frees you to love fully and non-possessively, and without expectation. And John, one of the things that I just so appreciate, um, in his love for Jesus, it, it changed the way that he lived. And, it, and he prepared, I think, his family as well as he could have for his own death. Uh, they would watch, they'd watch this show called Doomsday Preppers. You heard of this show? It's on the History Channel, National Geographic. You've talked about it. Oh, yeah. Um, Some of you have seen it. (laughs) The name gives you everything that you need to know. There are people who are preparing for an apocalypse, whether it be zombies or otherwise. Storing up food, ammunition, supplies, just in case. And so the, the kids ask them, Dad, it seems like you're never afraid of anything. Why is that? And he says this, I know that I am right with God. And so when the day comes, at the day of my death, I know that I'm good. I'm prayed up. I'm good. Do you know that you are right with God? Do you know that being right with God doesn't mean living a perfectly obedient life? Do you know that being right with God doesn't mean that you did things better than other people, that you had more stuff or even more friends than other people, that you lived a holier life or even a more loving life? You being righteous or you being right with God has everything to do with God's love for you and you receiving the forgiveness that can come to you because of Jesus' death on the cross. And so if you want to experience real Sabbath and real freedom from the busyness and the toil and the anxiety, there's an invitation to pray, Jesus, I need your help. I give you my life. 
That's where true peace comes from. That's where true rest comes from. And so would you stand? We're going to enter now into a time of worship. Let's prepare our hearts with a prayer. Come Holy Spirit. We invite you to meet us here today, to speak to us, to maybe even feel something in our bodies that is from you. Maybe you're trying to get our attention. But whatever it is that we came in with, with anxiety, with fear, we ask that you would give us just a taste of what heaven might be like today as we sing. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.